get off your ash. That's right, you heard me. Confronting what happened to us in the past in order to understand who we are in the present so we can be who we want to be in the future. It's time to stop allowing what happened to you yesterday to continue affecting what you do and who you are today. This podcast is going to challenge you and push you outside of your comfort zone. So if you're ready to get off your ash, let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Get Off Your Ash podcast. And today's guest is, well, she's awesome. And her and her husband have become really good friends of of Karen and I. And I'm so glad that she's on today. Sherry, welcome to Get Off Your Ash. (laughs) Thank you, Joe. I'm so glad to be here as we sit on our ashes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you went there already. It's going to be that. I went there already. (laughs) Okay, it's gonna be fun. We're going to have to be careful on this one. <laughs> well, I've been doing it long enough. I, I've i kind of learned how to say it and where to put the emphasis to not freak people out. So I may have to watch what I say then. <laughs> You're my guest. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sherry and her, her husband, Todd, have been on this journey since the, the beginning with, with me. And uh, her husband was my first guest on the podcast because he was instrumental in coming up with the name for the book. And he did the drawing on the cover. And I still remember Sherry being at your place, the four of us. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I remember that night, the four of us was just sitting around and talking and I kind of had this burden for this book idea. I'll never forget when Todd said, one second. And he gets up and I'm like, what's his problem? What's where's he going? <laughs> Little rude, the, just jumping out of the, ta- jumping I thought, what the, the table. Jumping off the What was in the food? Know? He just got up and ran away. But he came back up, you know, and then everything else just took off from there. And so no, we've had, that was one night wow. I will never forget. There's certain times, like we've been together, I don't know how many times, but I will never mm. forget that night because you you could just sense mm. like something was happening. God was yeah. doing something. There was just this synergy between you and Todd and you were just mm. pinging off of each other. And <laughs> it was really an exciting night. And seeing the fruit of that happening, mm. even this podcast, just so many things that God is doing using that message and and how you've written it to getting it out there awesome awesome it's been really interesting because when you you start talking about the topic about dealing with your past and kind of dredging up things that happened to you um it's amazing how many people come out of the woodwork and 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 start to share their stories and how even even the conversation it's a starter because you know the the book title is funny it's a little cheeky mm-hmm. but it gets them talking about it and that's that's the most important thing yeah um on, on the way uh, back here to the house uh, i was just thinking about the first time i met you and todd do you remember by any chance where and at, when that was oh was it at lake point or was it at brayside no it was actually at huntley street oh yeah oh oh actually yes yeah Remember, I was sitting That's eating, right. and you and Todd yeah. came up to me and said, hey, don't mean to bug you. You know, I've heard you at, you know, Brayside, loved your stuff and kind of, you know, went on your way. I thought, okay. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I was like hounding you for some que- some answers there because I heard you talking about your book, Story <laughs> in the Stars. And my daughter is a complete star geek. She mm-hmm. has always been obsessed with the constellations and stars. And um, when I heard you talking about how, you know, that's a whole other show, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your story in the stars, 
I was blown away. I knew my daughter would love mm-hmm. it. And so I was listening in intently. And okay. uh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's exactly that where was we the met. first time. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about story in the stars today. NASA released um, some really information, um, interesting information. They had a theory, but they couldn't really see it until very recently. They say that Jupiter is the size that it is because it's a planet eater. So they have been able to break through the cloudy atmosphere of, of Jupiter before, but there was a break and they were able to get a deeper analysis. And they said they found evidence of other planets embedded in Jupiter. So it's a planet eater. I thought, wow, that is so cool. That is so crazy. So crazy. Thank God we're almost a billion kilometers away from it. So we should be out of its uh, hunger strike area. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, yeah, that book was really amazing too. So you've got a well, lot was, of great resources out there for people. I mean, it, that was a real departure from what people had known me for, right? Doing the Hebraic roots and then going to story in the stars and now get off your ashes, another departure. But that's that's so what the book is all about is being willing to be uncomfortable and, and say, you know, I'm going to try new things. I'm not going to be pigeon held into one thing and let other people's mm-hmm. opinions about me kind of, you know, form who I'm going to be. Yeah. And so before we get into, you know, the content of the show today, I mean, I know you, you know, Karen and I, we know you guys and we love you guys, but tell us a little bit about your, you know, your, your personal and ministry background. Tell us a little bit about Sherry Stahl and, you know, how you kind of got to be who you are today. Okay. Well, <laughs> do we go way back? Cause I grew as up in this crazy drag racing family. And I think that completely influenced who I am today. I, um, I'm, I'm this girl who loves to dress up, but is quite the tomboy. And that's been my personality since I was a young child and, you know, car loving love just went to the races last weekend. I, I love that. Um, yet I love helping women. I have, um, I don't know. There's so many things. I have been a business owner in the automotive tier one industry in the past, a co-owner there. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. You didn't know that. Okay. No, yeah. We never yeah. About that. Okay. Yeah. No, that's in my past. And that's like, you know, we're always mm. changing, evolving. God's continually working in us. Um, yeah. I would say I'm a serial entrepreneur. I love business. That's why I love okay. doing business consulting. I'm always doing business consulting on the side. But for the last uh, nine years, since I released my first book, Water in the Desert, after going through divorce, life mm. has changed where God put me on this trajectory of Mm. um, reaching people, speaking, doing so many different things. And that's been my life for the last, you know, nine years. And I am loving it actually walking in my calling. Um, So that's a bit about me. Okay. So you had to get off some ash. Oh, I, I had a mountain of ash. (laughs) Let's talk about that a little bit whatever you're comfortable talking about in terms of past stuff. I think, um, like, I don't know if sometimes we have a few different piles (laughs) of, of the burnt stuff in our life of where there's been Mm -hmm. some devastation. And I think, um, different circumstances, things that happened when I was a kid left, uh, real insecurities in me. And I would, Mm -hmm. I would venture to guess 
and say that those insecurities, that ash heap of um, insecurity, not knowing who I was, not fully understanding my identity in Christ, even as a Christ follower, I mm. did not grasp um, that how much he loved me, how much he accepted me. And, you know, talking about that was, you know, really difficult for me to fully understand who I was and, and how valuable I was in his sight. And so that led to a lot of other ash heaps in my life. I think sure. because I, I walked in that and I had wonderful friends that recognized this. I think the first was my friends, Kevin and Wendy Pauls, friends of mm -hmm. yours too. Yeah. And they have been so good to me and, and working with me on that. My roommate from Bible college, um, our first year Bible college, she recognized like I had such low self-esteem that she actually used to make me pray with her every night before mm. I went to bed. It was like, she was my mom <laughs> yeah. and, um, she would make me pray, Lord, help me see me the way you see me. And I would have to quote Psalm 139, 14. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. Your works are wonderful, Lord. I know it full well. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't say it in a way that she felt that I was starting to in some way, understand it, right. she would like make me repeat it. <laughs> and I thank Bonnie yeah. like endlessly for putting that because that I really believe was the seedbed for God to, you know, do this healing in my life where mm -hmm. confidence could come and, and not confidence in myself, but confidence in him, who he's called me to be. Yeah. Um, so that was a huge huge ash heap in my life insecurity that's insecurity huge you know it's crazy you know people would look at someone like you or myself and say hey you guys are somewhat successful i mean you seem pretty confident about yourself you know you speak in front of large groups and you travel and do all this and they think oh you've never wrestled with insecurity look at look at your <laughs> life and all this you know and there's a chapter in the book called don't covet your neighbor's ash you know, like just because she makes it look easy, there's years of work to make it look easy. Yes. Has that been the case and for years you? of healing? Yeah. Yeah. Counseling, you know, eyes bawling out at the altar, letting God heal me. Mm. Uh, but lots of counseling to get over issues and struggles that I've had in my life that it, these, those hard fought battles are mm -hmm. why, you know, why you can be doing what you're doing, why I can be doing what I'm doing. Um, it's letting God really heal those areas that, that helped. Um, I think the next biggest ash heap in my life was definitely my first marriage mm -hmm. that was unhealthy from the get-go from the honeymoon, honeymoon day. Um, just really, um, unhealthy for me, unhealthy for my children. And unfortunately, because of those insecurities that I did have, I stayed way, way, way too long, mm. endured too much. And that left me in a deeper level of insecurity, brokenness, mm. feelings of rejection, unworthiness, you know, that I was unlovable. So many, uh, such brokenness that came mm. into my life a lot as the result of the broken marriage and then a crazy divorce situation. Um, mm. it, it just, it really broke me in a different way. It was the very first time in my life that I questioned God and really the only mm. time, I don't know, like maybe bits here and there, <laughs> sure. maybe over finances, like God, how come? You Where know? are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you know, the wealthy minister issue kind of thing. But, um, but that going through that really rocked me to my core of being able to trust God. I remember reading, thinking about the verse Romans 8, 28, which I had quoted my whole life up until that time. And then I literally wanted to throw the Bible against the wall and say, I, I don't know. I didn't throw the Bible against the wall, but I I literally yelled at God and said, your word is not true. This Romans 8, 28 (laughs) does not pan out because I've been living for you and this is not working out. You're not working all things for my good. And I absolutely did not believe that he was going to turn things around in my life. I thought pretty much my life was over when I went through divorce. But I think if we can get to that point in our lives, it, mm-hmm. it's really difficult. But you can see Job goes through that. I know you've gone through that point. Sure have. And Habakkuk went through that too. And I think there's um, some verses in Habakkuk that God spoke to me when I was in that. Okay. And it's, you know, Habakkuk is in an agricultural society and he says, you know, everything was going wrong. They were in captivity. And he said, though the fig tree withers, though the crops fail, you know, it's, it's talking about Mm -hmm. this like total economic loss, Mm -hmm. this crisis in every way, shape or form. And he says, and yet I will praise you. And I remember Mm -hmm. God asking me like, in this brokenness, mm-hmm. can you say that? And it took, I don't know how long, like yeah. <laughs> it, it took a bit for me to get to be able to say, okay, it was not that day. <laughs> Let's just say it was a while. You. Yeah. Well, you know, when you talked about, you know, being so angry, wanting to throw the Bible against the wall mm-hmm. saying, this isn't true. You know, mm-hmm. we've all had those, those moments with God you know, that's it. We're done. I'm pulling yeah. a Jonah. I'm going the other way. We're finished. Don't talk to me. And it's like, we have this, we have this teenager moment, mm-hmm. you know, where you no, know, I think it's more like a toddler. I was <laughs> having like a toddler moment, okay. honestly. <laughs> well, from toddler to teenager, you know, mm-hmm. when you, you tell you, Oh, I hate you. And you say all this stuff out of your hurt and your brokenness and, and a mature loving parent knows you don't hate them, knows you're not angry, yeah. just says, just go ahead, get the poison out, you know, extract it. When you're done, I'm here, no judgment. We're just going to pick it back up. And, and I think that, you know, those of us who have gone through a lot of ash, we, we've had those angry seasons with God and we think, how can he still love me after the way I treated him, the way I thought about him and, yeah. you know, and spoke of him, Yeah. you know, which feeds back into our insecurity. Absolutely. And the enemy will use any of that to just like twist at us and like, you know, make us feel like we're less than, and you know, if, if we had better faith and more faith, we would have got through that better. We wouldn't have questioned. And it's like, no, it is a part of your journey. Um, it's a part of my journey, part of most people's journey where there is some issue where you really just get to the point where you feel like you can't go any further. And I, I don't, you know, hopefully it's not at the beginning of your faith walk. Cause I think, you know, mm-hmm. it would be really difficult then, but for me, I had really a great faith journey by that point. I, yeah. I saw God do miracles. I saw him do great things in my life. So, mm-hmm. you know, it really took a lot to rattle me to the core. Um, and, and it took a while to come back from that, but it's amazing when you take that brokenness to Mm -hmm. God, when you just lay it at his feet 
you, you know, you recognize the ash heap, you don't deny it, you deal with it, you let Mm -hmm. him work on it, then he will really clean things up and, um, and set you in a new place. That's good. And I, I just think for, for a second, you know, you, me, anybody, you know, watching or listening to this, think of what your life would have been like. Think of all the people who wouldn't benefit from your experience if you had just sat on that ash and said, you know what? The world sucks. God sucks. I'm just going to sit here. Woe is me until the day I die. Imagine what you would have robbed the world of had you not gotten off that ash and said, Lord, I repent like Job for sitting in dust and ash. I'm going to get up and I'm going to trust you. Just could you imagine your life? Being oh, I don't want to imagine my life if I stayed on the ash heap. And unfortunately, um, I went through divorce care when I was single, um, when I was separated and mm. then divorced. Uh, it was such a great program, but there were people in there and there's some that I'm still, you know, know, and they're still sitting on that same ash heap and right. sitting in that woundedness, that brokenness. Yeah. And I see the, the perpetuating of the brokenness in their life. And it's honestly, I am not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. I do not live a perfect life. There's just, you know, life is life. There's constantly struggles. But if I would have stayed on that ash heap, yeah, I like, it's unbelievable. So if I wouldn't have like gone off the broke, the, uh, you know, the ash heap of feeling unloved, if I would not have opened my heart Mm. up to, you know, to open up and to trust Todd, even though I felt God telling me he was going to be my husband one day, you know, (laughs) if I wouldn't have taken that chance, got off that ash heap of, you know, feeling unlovable, I, you know, I wouldn't be in this healthy marriage and my kids, you know, wouldn't have been able to see this and his kids, you know, like there's so much in Mm -hmm. our personal lives Mm -hmm. and, you know, I wouldn't be emotionally whole. And, you know, when I think of what God has done with putting Todd and I together, you know, I look at, okay, so our books are right there. So my first book, water in the desert, um, that book Todd illustrated, you know, oh, his fingerprints are all through my book. And then the publisher republished my book alongside Todd's book, Man Cave, the four men, you know, the men's mm. devotional. How many men have been helped? The stories of the men have been helped through Todd's book is incredible. Amazing. And then, yeah. And then, then there was the blog, then so, the Soul H.O. And then the, the book, radio Soul show book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then the radio show and all this. And we just actually, for the first time ever, I have looked at my stats. Your, your wife actually helped me with my website, redesigned yeah. my website. And so she was just showing me where to find the stats and actually took the time to put them in and realize that God is entrusting us. You know, it's not just me now there. I have a team of volunteers that mm-hmm. help me in the ministry, but we reach 34,000 women a month between all the different ministry avenues, over 412,000 in the last year, every year, you know, doing this over 1.5 million connection points, at least with women last year alone. Wow. So if I would have continued to sit on the ash heap, how many women would have stayed in their brokenness too? That's what I was saying. Imagine what wouldn't have happened if you had just sat there and said, Oh, woe is me. Life is awful, but look at what God has done. You know, and you, you were mentioning about some of these women that you, you know, met in, in divorce care and how some of them are still mm-hmm. kind of stuck there. 
And we don't judge them because we've all been no. on that pile for a little bit longer than we've needed to be. But it, it's so yeah. easy to stay there because at least it's comfortable. You're angry, you're hurt, but you know how to be hurt. You know how to how to be angry. You know how to feel less than. And you just kind of, you learn to operate on what you think is a new normal. But mm -hmm. I mean- And, and some of them, sure. you know, endured more than I ever did. You know, yeah. there's no judgment there because honestly, no, it is no. really, it is no. work to get off the ash heap, whatever your ash heap is, yeah. whatever the struggle is from your life. Um, so yeah, we, it's, it's a struggle. So it's not easy, but man, if you don't, it, it is not just your life that is affected because every person who gets off of that ash heap is going to totally impact someone else's life. Like you're right. doing, you know, with everything. So I just, even if it's just for yourself, like I look at how much healthier I am, what I've, you know, in my married life now and with mm -hmm. my kids and I just, it's all worth it there. But then to be able to, you know, impact other people's lives, which your life is going to impact people regardless. Right. Everyone leaves a legacy. You know, some people right. say, do you want to leave a legacy? Well, you are going to leave a legacy. That's yeah, it's not just a good question. or bad. <laughs> yeah, it's just, what are you going to leave? Well, I mean, you started to talk about the next question is, you know, like, so how important is it to get off your ash? You know, because it's so much easier just to stay there. So how important um, was it for you personally to get off? I would say it was life altering. Mm -hmm. It was life giving. And I, I would go so far as to say it was life saving. I was going to say, I, that I don't sure. know. Like I was, I was so yeah. low. And then when my daughter was going through depression and I was, you know, the first book I decided to write it because God was speaking to me to write it. Mm -hmm. I, when I was laying on the couch, desperately depressed about my daughter. And I, like, I, I don't know. It, it, I feel like it, it saved my life to be able to yeah. get off the ash heap. I don't know I don't know. I don't know what would have happened. Yeah, I, I found it life-saving as well because like I actually started to get physically ill from sitting on my ash. Yes. It was actually was hurting my own body, the, the anxiety, mm -hmm. the stress, mm -hmm. uh, the suppression, the repression of memories. You know, I didn't realize oh, yeah. what was happening. Like, why am I sick all of a sudden? I'm having all this stuff going on. And it, it was literally killing me. And if I'd stayed on my ash, I probably would have had a, a heart attack or, or something else would have happened to, to me. I write about this in the book. I mean, I even became suicidal. Like I thought it through like, how do I do it in a way that insurance is still going to take care of my family? I mean, it was, you know, there was, it was a big dark pile and, you know, I'm glad you said it life saving. And oh, yeah. sometimes Absolutely. it's physical. Sometimes it's emotional. We can die emotionally. You know, we can become so numb if we just sit on the ash for too long. Yeah, no, it definitely affected me health-wise. I ended up twice in the hospital with bleeding ulcers. You, you know? too, okay. Um, it, it, stress takes a toll on your body. Absolutely 100%. takes a toll on your body. So, you know, when we don't deal with it, 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 staying on the ash heap is dangerous for your health in so many ways. And you really, you put your life at risk by staying there. It, it seems mm. like the easier road. And in some ways it is, but it's not really because it's, it's like, yeah. you know, that slow death kind of thing, um, where things just go bad and you might not even recognize what's the root of it because 
things will just creep into your life bit by bit that mm. are ebbing away who you are, what you are, and your health. I, I'm so glad that we actually kind of stumbled onto that topic because I don't know how many shows we're in now. We haven't talked about this with anybody before, you know, no. the, the health factors and risks of staying on your ash. We always think of emotional and spiritual and mental, but there is that physical aspect as well. Well, we're body, soul, and spirit. That's right. And you cannot separate them. You cannot. So, you know, even mm. down to you're not sleeping. When you're going through all that, you're usually not sleeping. I know I had to go through a phase for a bit where I was taking some stuff to help me sleep. And, mm -hmm. you know, until I learned how to eat better and do yeah. that, but, and get stress out of my life and deal with the ash heap, ash heaps in my life, heaps. you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then when you're not sleeping, your body's not rejuvenating. It can't heal yeah, a, like God designed circle. it to yeah. because yeah. you're not getting the rest that it needs in order to do that. So it affects everything in your life. And that's why I say like, yeah, literally it is life-saving that you get your butt off that ash heap. You don't <laughs> allow yourself, surround yourself by people who are going to continually Bam. help you move off and not just keep going back there. Because I, I know I had to make a decision to like remove myself from close contact with some people yeah. because they were helping me to stay in that, to, you know, just kind of sit there and lick your wounds yeah. instead of, you know, being around people that pushed me out of my comfort yeah. zone. So I chose to force myself to be around those types of people. This is so great. We're going into new territory here with Sherry Stahl because all the other guests, they've all had valid, you know, points of view and, and brought a lot of illumination, but this health aspect and now what you're talking about, we're removing yourself from that toxic situation that keeps you down. The last two chapters, I forget the order. It's uh, kiss your ash goodbye and mm -hmm. kick your ash. Yeah. It's removing people who are constantly putting you back on that pile of ash you know, passive aggressiveness, backhanded compliments, you know, all these little <laughs> snide remarks that just take these little digs and you slowly yeah. are bleeding out and you're like, what's going on? And then the Christian in us saying, oh, we have to make peace with everybody and be friends with everybody, you know, but we, ha we have that right to say, no, I, I love you. I pray for you, but over there, like, yeah. And, and when, you know, you know, when we logically look at Jesus and how he behaved, he did not act like a doormat. Like we say, oh, a Christian should be like, he did not. He absolutely did not. He withdrew from the crowds. He spoke up when people said things wrong to him. He actually called people vipers. So that'd be like you snake in the grass. Like yeah. he stood up for himself. And Thank I, I honestly, that. it was yeah. one day too, even seeing that in scripture, you know, thinking about he just called them vipers. Like literally that'd be the equivalent to saying you're a snake in the grass that we would say nowadays. <laughs> um, so not that you go around and telling people off, but no. that you stand up for yourself. And I, cause I think, you know, if we be this wishy-washy wimpy person that just takes it all and keeps taking it, keeps taking it, who's ever going to want to become a Christian? Like who wants to sign up for that? Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's not, that's not what they were going to want, but getting to the point where we have a confident faith, not a, not a cocky faith, yeah, but not arrogant. Yeah. Faith. I hear you. I hear you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, go ahead. Having this, yeah, this confident no, I think it faith. Just, yeah. It changes it. 
And I feel like that's where I've gotten to in my life, where I hope I will grow more into. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's my ministry. My goal is to help other women to take the same journey that I've taken and to help them to, you know, grow stronger in their faith, their identity, which always leads them towards their destiny and helps them not crumble under the the struggles of life because Mm. of that confidence in who, you know, who they are in Christ. So that's what I hope I can, you know, bring to the table and share with people. And, you know, I love that God could take what I've gone through and Mm. use that to help people. And, you know, that there would be some sort of purpose in the pain that I went through. So the Romans verse uh, makes it a little bit better. Maybe he does use it after all. Yeah. Because you said earlier, you were going to throw the Bible against the wall saying he doesn't use it for my good, but maybe he does, right? Absolutely. 100% he does. Yeah. Let's, let's make sure we end with that, that yes, he absolutely does it. And you don't realize my one friend said to me in the worst part, and I, I think I wanted to throttle her. She said, just remember when a teacher gives a test, they stand silent. And I was like, (laughs) don't want to hear that right now. And I didn't like it when she said it, it bothered Mm -hmm. me greatly. But if you want Mm. to become a mature Christian, if you really want to grow in confident faith, you are going to go through times where it seems like God is silent. It Mm -hmm. seems like he's not working on your behalf. And the enemy wants you to believe that. But I promise you, I I really promise Mm. you that he is working on your behalf. He is going to make everything work together for your good because he loves you. Absolutely. And I think we have to do our part too, you know, and that's why it's so, it's okay to protect yourself. Like I've had to make Mm -hmm. some really tough decisions over the last five, six years, you know, people who I would consider to be really close personal friends. And then when you start getting off that pile of ash, you didn't realize how much they were the ones who were keeping you there. Mm -hmm. And you get to the place where like, you know what, it's me or you like, I got to choose my own physical, mental, spiritual, you know, emotional health here, or else I'm not going to be any use to anybody, you know? And so, and and sometimes you just need to distance. It's not like you cut people, all people, some of you have to cut out of your life because they're just so unhealthy. Um, but I think for some, you just distance a, a bit and, and then just add more time in with those that are uplifting you and encouraging you and really, um, in, you know, challenging you to get off that ash heap. See, now you know why we're hanging out with you and Todd more because you're, you're, you're that second group of people. Like we, we feed off of each other. We encourage each other. We rejoice with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you say something is going great, it'll be like, Oh, why is that going for Sherry enough for me? I'm like, wow, that's awesome. And I hear the yeah. same thing about Todd and, and you guys feel that way you know, about us. And I think it's so important that we, we tell ourselves it's okay to do what's good for me sometimes. Like it's Mm -hmm. all right to protect myself because if I'm no good, then nobody's going to be good around me. That's right. Absolutely. Well, we feel the exact same about you and Karen. It is just a life-giving relationship. Yeah. Well, I know we're going to see you guys soon, depending on when people watch this. I'm going to be uh, back at Brayside in July from the 6th to the 8th talking about, yeah, talking about get off your ash. We're doing a three-part series there at camp. Yeah. And um, I don't know where I was going to go with that. 
You know, I threw you off my, with my little cheering there, but I'm really excited about that because I want more people to hear about this. I know that the message that God's given you in Mm. this book can really help so many people. It is, it's even helping my hubby get more off of his ash as he, you know, in this, and he's speaking at a a conference or an event, not a conference, an event, and uh, going to share a bit more about how God is helping him and challenging him to even do more. So yeah, it's exciting what God is doing and using your newest book. So you would say then the reward of getting off your ash is, is worth the risk. 100%. 100%. It's just, it, it is so worth every little struggle that it takes to get off of it. Mm-hmm. Not every little, they're big struggles. Yeah. So let's not candy coat yeah. it, but it is so worth it. You have more to lose by staying on the heap. That's a great word. And last comment then to anybody watching or listening who is contemplating getting off their ash but they know it's going to stir things up it's going to bring up the pain it's going to bring up what would you say to somebody so i I want to do it but 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 i'm scared to get off my ash what would you say to them sherry i would say get close to god because if you get into his word get into his presence he will give you the strength every day his word says that his grace is sufficient and that means sufficient. So whatever your day is, he will give you what, uh, what you need. His word also tells us that he gives us strength for our days. So whatever day you're facing, if you've got like problems at level two, you'll have the grace to handle problems at level two. But if your problems are at level 10, he will give (laughs) you the grace, the strength for that day. But if you try to do it on your own, I think you will fall flat on your face. And it'll be a a longer, more difficult journey. But if you really get in God's presence, let him work in you to change you from the inside out. Mm. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy, but it will be easier. And he will give you the strength to face everything that you're going to have to face in order to get off of that ash heap and then to start climbing mountains Mm -hmm. and doing great things with your life. So that would be my encouragement to anyone. If you are just considering that it's time for you to get off your ash heap, absolutely. Now is the time. (laughs) Literally today, don't wait for tomorrow. Make it today. Do something that's going to help you to get off your ash heap. So is Sherry Stahl telling my listeners to get off their ash? Yeah. I want to hear you say it. (laughs) Oh, you need to get off your ash. <laughs> Folks, you heard it straight from <laughs> Sherry, who got off her ash herself. And it's been amazing to see what God has done in her life. And we know that we're not special. We're no better than anybody else. We just made a decision to get off our ash, to, to deal with everything that we had been through, and to see what life can be like on the other side of that pile of ash. There's freedom, there's victory, there's reward future. So Sherry, thank you so much for, you know, being vulnerable today and sharing, sharing your story with, you know, our our audience. And I know that people today, because of you are going to get off their ash. Oh, I really hope so, Joe. And thank you so much for having me on. Thanks so much for joining us on today's podcast. We hope you found it informative and encouraging. 
For more information about Get Off Your Ash or to order the book, you can visit www.getoffyourash.today or just search it out on Amazon.